0: Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I'm coming to you from Chicago. Giving a speech this weekend. The weather is gorgeous. Ah, nice and cool. Interesting development yesterday. I told you I would monitor how many people at Los Angeles International Airport were wearing masks when you didn't have to. It will be the only airport in the country, to the best of my knowledge, that uh, as of tonight. Uh, there will be a requirement again. There is a, a crazy woman named Barbara Ferrer who uh, is, a, is a fool with power. Those are the most dangerous people in the world, fools with power. And uh, she has uh, dictated, and I don't understand why even LAX has to listen to it, she has zero authority. I, I, this The authority given to health authorities is is unprecedented they they get to tell you how you live your life they don't get to tell you what the situation is but how you live your life i thought that's what do we elect politicians for aren't they the people who are supposed to pass laws health authorities don't have to pass laws they just say screw your life around put two put masks on two-year-olds who are who are crying Morons, morons run these uh, health agencies. I've never said this. Many of you know uh, that uh, my my views have gone 180 degrees in the opposite direction. I consider almost everyone in public health an idiot, a fool, uh, an idiot savant, people who know something about science but know nothing about society or about people. They have a tunnel vision that is so narrow that they have no idea the damage they have done two years of no school, thanks to stupid people and health authorities and politicians listening. I mean, I'm furious. I'm just furious. And that people go along with it. Damage people in the name of health. That is the motto of America's health authorities. Damage people, Fauci from Fauci on down. Damage people in the name of health. That is it. I got to learn that in Latin. My friend Mike's listening. Send it to me in Latin, Mike. Damage people for the sake of health. That is the, uh, or in the no, no, not no. Nominee. In the name of. That's it. Not for the sake of. In the name of. It seemed to me yesterday on my plane. That uh, I would say nearly nearly half of the uh, people on the plane in my section, which is first class, uh, were wearing masks. I was shocked, and it, fittingly the uh, the there were two uh, two flight attendants in first class, one male, one female. The male wore the mask the whole time. The female didn't wear it at all. Also. Uh, looking around and taking pictures at the uh, airport, I could find zero pattern. I always looked for patterns. Was it young? Was it old? Was it white? Was it non-white? Was it male? Was it female? Uh, the There was no pattern I could detect, except, which was not surprising, uh, Asians were more likely to wear masks than any other single group. But that is, a, that is a cultural thing, in her, which if you go to Asia, you find that, that people were marrying, wearing masks before COVID. Amazing, amazing. It, it's truly, uh, putting Asian culture aside, it is, it is truly a pacifier. It's an adult pacifier. I, I was stunned that the flight attendant. This was on United. I was stunned that the the male flight attendant, perfectly pleasant man, had, but weren't uh, worth the whole the whole flight. What? What? Well, uh, it's silly for me to say what did he think. <laughs> I know exactly what he thought. He thought he's protecting himself. I don't. Uh, did uh, maybe he even thought? Oh, I'm protecting. The people on the plane. Anyway, uh, it's, uh, there's at least out outdoors. It's it's that's pretty rare. At least uh, it's getting getting rare. My friends, this uh, this this is disinformation. I got a question. Yeah, from. From Allen back in LA, what percentage in the airport were wearing masks? That was a little tough to tell. Uh, I would say, uh, to my again to my surprise, I wouldn't say it was fifty fifty. I would say, I would say between thirty and forty percent were wearing masks. And I, I so wonder what do they think about the other half or more than half that are not wearing masks. I, I don't know Do they think we're 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 risking our lives risking others lives it's it's, uh, it's the whole thing is a uh, whole thing's a bit scary my friends the ease with which people are, are convinced of the of what is not true the ease with which people say men give birth you tell them enough men give birth, then they say men give birth. <laughs> Latest, uh, you know, this is a really fascinating and, and awful story. I'm speaking in La Cañada, California on Mother's Day on raising moral leaders. Pretty, uh, pretty non-political topic, would you say, about raising children to be moral leaders? And it's the first Jewish institution, I think, in, in La Kenyatta history. It's a small town. It's where the Jet Propulsion Lab is, uh, uh, NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. It's a uh, little low west of, of Pasadena. It's a few miles from Pasadena. So a, a Chabad house is opening there. This is the re- religious place that opens all over the world, and they they invigorate the life around them, particularly for Jews, but for everyone. They have beautiful programs for people of every background in uh, rehab and addictions. And so um, to help them out, I'm I'm speaking, I'm I'm not taking a penny, I'm speaking for them on Mother's Day. And uh, the rabbi told me that the moment he put the notice up on the biggest Facebook page in La Cunada, California, it was taken down. They would not speak to him. They just told him, these two women, that uh, I have hateful rhetoric. And uh, what was the other? I don't know, something else, but in, in that category. Hateful rhetoric, and so they—they uh, they will not allow an announcement, the first Jewish institution in La Canyada history, to uh, that they're having me speak. They can't publicize it. People keep sending me that they have tried to put it up on that Facebook page, the the La Canyada Parents Facebook page, four thousand members on. Uh, they are taken off within 15 minutes of posting that I will be coming to speak. 15 minutes. I'll bet these women are considered by many who know them, I don't know them at all, as nice people. The amount of damage nice people have done in societies is as much as not nice people have done in societies. You can have a nice personality and be despicable. But, of course, they they believe what they're writing. I'm sure they never heard me once, and I'm sure they never heard me. I'm sure they never read me. And so I would ask you to, uh, if you are in Southern California, please come to the lecture or at least get tickets wherever you are. And you can go to Where's Dennis on my website, dennisprager.com, about Dennis, where's Dennis? That's it, about Dennis, where's Dennis? Or go to Valley com. C-H-A-B-A-D. I want to fill the place up like I did with the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Many people own coins that have not performed as well as they would expected. Some own coins that have done better than they expected. Or maybe you just want to cash out and do something else with the money. Markets change and to understand the current value of your precious metals portfolio you should get a new valuation. So I'd like to tell you about my friend and he is, otherwise I never use that term Nick Grovich. He my friend because I so admire his honesty and integrity and knowledge of the coin world, of the gold world, the silver world. He's owner of AmFed coin and bullion for over 40 years Nick has built a reputation for trust and honesty and his goal is to earn your business for life. Nick won't push you to sell but when you're ready, I believe he offers the best price trade and consignment deals compared to anyone. Right now Nick and the AmFed team are offering their exclusive coin performance review for free that's right, free, with a no pressure guarantee from Nick. Call Nick at 800-221-7694 that's 800 221 Six ninety-four. Hey, everybody! Dennis Prager here in Chicago for a lecture. Well, my friends, we we are living because of Joe Biden and his party. It's a bad man. I never said that about a president ever. We have a bad human being as the President of the United States of America. Now you'll say, well, wasn't Trump bad? Uh, There's no comparison, first of all. Donald Trump, with all his flaws, uh, did not use the government to make his family wealthy. That level of corruption is what is characteristic of third world countries, Joe Biden is profoundly corrupt. He's a liar. In other words, everybody has told lies, but he he does it regularly and has throughout his life, And or his public life. I can't speak to uh, his private life. And he's ruining this country It is not possible to overstate the unprecedented threat that we are witnessing now with the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board. The moment Elon Musk bought Twitter, within two days, the fear that the left has of any dissent being widely disseminated is palpable. Please understand you cannot have both freedom of speech and the left. One will die. You cannot have both at the same time. If the left is in power in any country, in any university, in any high school, in any kindergarten, where the left is in power, free speech dies. When free speech thrives, the left is not in power. So the left understands in the deepest parts of their soul that if people are allowed to speak their minds, if dissent is allowed, the left will not succeed. The first thing that Lenin did in 1917 was shut down all newspapers and created his own newspaper. That is what the Democrats would like to do as well. They would like to shut down Talk Radio. They would like to shut down Fox News. They'd like to shut down every site possible. As uh, the La Kenyatta Facebook page is trying to shut down my ability to speak in that city for a, a rabbi's organization, Chabad. It is all the same thing. We will never allow different opinions because when they do the shallowness the moral and intellectual shallowness of their positions uh, is made evident. that is why that is why they don't dialogue, they don't debate. do you know that this the first official rabbi in the city in the history of this city young wonderful rabbi, Mendy Grossbaum. Rabbi Grossbaum was in contact with the La Cunata. Face parents' Facebook page. People who run it, they would not speak to him. They would not give the rabbi the courtesy of a phone call. No time. I It's in my column this week. I wrote about it. They have no time for him. Everybody who has tried to to put up the fact that I'm speaking on Mother's Day, they have been taken down. And what is done in this little city in California is done everywhere. They shut down dissent. It it, it amazes me that they could do this and half the American people, or half the people who vote at least, put it that way, are okay with this. This is what's upsetting. People vote Democrat. They vote to shut down dissent because they didn't like, in some cases, they couldn't stand Donald Trump's character. Whoa, what a great reason. Oh, my God. I I tell you, I I am reinforced in something I used to tell kids when I would speak. I came to California in my 20s to direct an an institute, an educational institute. So I'd speak to them. They were all 19 to 25 years old, a little younger than me. I would tell them, you know, you think you become an adult when you reach a certain age, 21, 30, 40, whatever you think it might be, but you're wrong. You become an adult when you decide to become an adult. When you're a kid, you think that the adults who are in charge know what they're doing. If you don't think that, life is very, very insecure. So there is a built-in yearning by young people to believe that the adults know what they're doing. Otherwise, there's a sense of chaos which is very discomforting to anybody and especially a young person. But the adults don't know what they're doing. How do, how, do, how do the teachers' unions and teachers get away with shutting down schools for two years? How is it that parents still have respect for these teachers? I, I, I don't get it. I must admit there are unanswerable questions to me. You deliberately hurt my child because you're, you are a hypochondriac or, or a leftist or both, and I'm supposed to respect you? back in a moment. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotion in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton and they come with the My Pillow sixty day money back guarantee. Six piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly one hundred nine ninety nine, now thirty nine ninety nine. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Happy, 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 hour. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Happiness Hour on the Dennis Prager Show. Every Friday since 1999. Amazing. Think about that. The same century as World War I, we started the Happiness Hour. Okay, y'all. The happy make the world better. The unhappy make it worse. We have never missed a Happiness Hour any time I broadcast on a Friday. Is about forty-eight out of fifty-two times a year. All right, y'all. My topic today has political overtones. They normally don't, but uh, there's uh, there's also there are also non-political overtones, and I'm not saying it for the sake of politics, but for the sake of happiness. Although I will say that the more I think about it. Happiness is a political, very political issue because there are no happy leftists. There are happy liberals, there are happy conservatives. So the more happy people we have in the country, the the better the moral fabric, social fabric, the preservation of its best values will be. So today's topic is... Uh, and it's engendered by actually two two things. It's something I have talked to you about on a number of occasions. Uh, there is an article uh, today in uh, Let's see, where was that? Oh yes, there's an article today in College Fix, and it is about a Harvard student coming out as a conservative. She, she came out of the closet uh, just recently hmm. here it is kareen hajar said after she respectfully raised her conservative views at the university most people thanked her for it she she was basically uh, shut down as every one who isn't on the left is at campus or anywhere else. And she's a happier person for having come out of the closet. You know the the young woman also at Harvard that I do a podcast with, Julie Hartman. It's the Dennis and Julie podcast. So all, all you need to do is type in Dennis and Julie podcast, and that'll come up. We, do, we record one every week. It's particularly a... It's a it's appealing to people of all ages, but particularly the young people. She's 22. And her story about becoming happier, coming out of the closet outside of the left. Well, by sheer coincidence, such as life. And this is one of the... You want to know one of the many reasons I am happy? Is the number of terrific people I get to meet. Uh, I... It sounds... I don't know what does it sound like to people. Does it sound like a cliché? I don't think so. Because most people don't have that opportunity. I thank God every day for the opportunity to meet wonderful people, and literally of every age. So, write with me. I'm in Chicago right now. I'm here to give a speech. And uh, in the studio with me is a young woman. She's 25, and her name is Mor- Morgan Goldman. She's a law student. She, uh, she came to the attention of Prager U through Prager Force, the young people's organization that we have. And talking to her, I just met her, I never met her before. But if Alan Estrin thinks well of you, that is damn impressive. The living martyr is is uh, not easily impressed, but he said, "Dennis, I think I think you should meet her when you go to Chicago." And he was right. By the way, are you a Sox fan? Is that correct?
1: Somewhat. My boyfriend's a Sox fan, so
0: that's good you're enough. him. No, if your boyfriend is a Sox fan, that's good. That's a good sign. I told her I prefer the Sox to the Cubs because I think of the Sox as the little guy. And the Cubs is the elite. <laughs> so I hope you Cubs fans here at Chicago don't resent me for it. Uh, look, I find it impossible to root for the Lakers because of LeBron James. <laughs> so just for the record, uh, I have uh, it, it's not a Chicago-based problem for me. Anyway, uh, we were speaking and I thought, my God, if the happiness topic is coming out of the closet, and I'm sitting with somebody who did that at such a young age, why don't I have her tell a little about the effect it had. The happiness topic today is the more you hide yourself, the less happy you will be. This is not just true politically. It is true in every way. Look, as uh, before I get to Morgan, I, I want to reemphasize what I have been saying for all of the years of the happiness hour. A friend is someone you can tell everything to. The more you hide from people in your life, the less happy you will be. For one thing, it means if when you hide parts of yourself, it, it means that you don't trust the people in your life and how they will react. Obviously, it's a terrible way to walk through life. If they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. And forget politics. It has nothing to do with politics. It's a it's a it's a guarantor of non happiness to hide who you are from, from others. So anyway, today in America, tens of millions of people hide who they are. So in, in the political, social, moral realms because of fear of how friends or others will react to them. By the way, it's a completely understandable fear. This is not paranoia. The The question, though, is what what is more likely to make you unhappy? Your fear or the consequences of overcoming your fear that's that's the way to put it which is more likely to make you unhappy and there's no question in in most cases i can't say every case your fear will make you more unhappy than the consequences of overcoming your fear so uh Morgan, you didn't expect to go on National Radio today when you woke up, I suspect.
1: I did not, but
0: Wait, we need your microphone. Hold on. Uh, is Morgan on the mic? Yeah. Okay, now you are. Yes, so you didn't expect that, obviously.
1: I did not expect it. But I'm I'm ready for it. <laughs>
0: that that is clear that you are. So you you were raised uh as you said to me earlier in a secular Jewish home. With Democrat, I mean, secular Jew-Democrat is almost redundant. I'm a Jew. I'm well aware of that. And what happened?
1: Well, I obviously went through high school and college being a Democrat, a leftist, I guess you could say. And I I think I was generally a pretty unhappy person. I was insecure. I was anxious. Um, And then into my first year of law school during... uh, the George Floyd stuff that was going on in the defund the police era, I kind of started seeing the truth because I had had prior experiences in my education where I got to be around police officers. So from there I started trusting my intuition and rather than listening to what people were telling me, I I knew what I believed to be true and I went with it and I started doing research and the rest is history. Um, And I think I'm a much happier person now because I think when you're living in truth, um, you're just bound to be happier. And
0: Were you afraid of of revealing your change?
1: So I actually thought that because I was a former leftist, I had some credibility and I would be able to wake up everyone around me. I, had, I thought that was going to happen. So I really wasn't. I kind of went into it thinking that I'd be able to convince people to change their mind and as you know, it's not so easy. So I really wasn't scared. But then when I saw the reactions, I got a little bit more tentative.
0: Give me an example.
1: I've, I've lost friends. I've been called racist. Um, just a lot of distance and judgment has gone on with people in my life. Um, my grandma, who's my best friend in the world, is a very, very strong Democrat. Our relationship is it's okay now but for a bit it was tarnished so it's been difficult but i i don't regret speaking out
0: by the way how old is your grandmother
1: my grandma is 81 and i call her Gigi.
0: i i will tell you something about that in a moment 1-8 prager 776 saying who you are makes you happier When you're smiling, keep on smiling. Uh, you know. By the way, whenever I hear these songs that we play on the Happiness Hour, this is Dennis Prager. This is the Happiness Hour, second hour Fridays. Do they, do they even have songs like this, Sean? What, uh, what year was that from? Is that like the? Was that from the forties? T- t- yeah, check. I, I my, my. I suspect it was from the forties. The number of songs about being happy uh, from, I would say, before the 1960s, then the devolution of our society really began. I wouldn't even say sleeper, slippery slope. I would say slippery downfall. It just, the, the speed has been eerie, if you will. But I reflect on the music that we play for you, and how how f- few songs about being happy are written. Why would people be happy? You can't. What what year? As late as fifty-seven? Oh. Oh, that's that's the Louis Primo recording. Yeah, but I I, I think the, the lyrics precede that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, welcome back. I'm in Chicago and. This young woman came to the, the awareness of Prager U. She became active in the Chicago branch of Prager Forest. That we have branches all over the world. Well, uh, okay, it was written in 1928, just so there you go, much sooner than I thought. The Roaring Twenties. 20s. Our Twenties are, are also roaring in the wrong direction. In unhappiness direction, the subject of today's happiness hour is expressing who you are, and you'll be happier. It's not just political, though. Today, that's the, the most obvious. So I'm I'm with this 25 year old impressive young woman, who, uh, so to speak, did come out of the, the the liberal left closet. And and you look, we just met an hour ago so I I'm I'm learning as much as the audience is you radiate a happy disposition right now but you say that was not always the case
1: right I think I used to be very unconfident in who I was um so ever since I came out I think I've I've definitely changed in that way
0: have you, see, part of my theory, and I always tell people who are on my show, you don't have to agree with me, okay, just very important, but I always tell people that one of the rewards, there are prices paid for coming out. There are, but there are rewards, and I think the rewards are bigger. The rewards are, for every person you lose, you will gain one or two kindred spirits in your life. Have you, been a magnet to kindred spirits or has that been a, still a tough a tough uh project
1: it still has been a tough project and i think a lot of that has to do with me i i don't know if i've left my social scene in a way where i have exposed myself to people that think differently than me there, it's tough living where i live um so i think i need to go out of my comfort zone more join more organizations and meet more like-minded people um but i mean being here you're a kindred spirit and I, I mean, this is an amazing opportunity. So putting myself out in that way allowed me to have this experience.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. My God, folks, you won't believe this. This woman majored in social work. Is that correct? Yes. My friends left of social work is Bolshevik. (laughs) (laughs) Now, by the way, This really fascinated me. Part of your work for your degree in social work was to spend time with police. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So as part of, in pursuance of your bachelor in social work, you do an internship during your second semester and there's a variety of options, but I applied to work at the police department and at this point I was still a leftist. Um, And so I spent every day there and I got to go on multiple ride-alongs a week and kind of form relationships with police officers.
0: I I would think that they would not want people who who are on the left, if they want them to stay on the left, don't let them know policemen.
1: I would agree with that. This was also in 2019 where I feel like the tides shifted a bit. Um, maybe now in 2022 they don't have the same internship, but
0: that's right. back then. I, I, it's a big gamble for the left. Mm-hmm. You spend, in fact, the biggest gamble for the left is spending time with any conservatives. Right. Just, just spend time with you know with with people like me uh, or or Alan or, or any of us at PragerU or or, or Ben Shapiro or, or or I mean I could you know the whole list or or
1: because or... then you don't have the caricatur- caricatured version of That's conservatives. That's right. In yes,
0: exactly. It, it's shattering. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be. So you were with police, and, and uh, by the way, I was, was going to add Dave Rubin as just as an example. I mean, you know, it, it the, the list. Forgive me, all my wonderful conservative public figures whose names I don't uh, just because it's endless. They're basically a, a very fine group of people. They're basically happier, as well, in, in keeping with this. But police, that's the biggest risk. I did a ride-along with the LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department. Now, I, I, was, I was pro-police because I believe the police are the fine line between uh, uh, barbarity and civilization. That's why they're a policeman. If there was no barbarity, we would not need any police. It's mm-hmm. obvious. And I saw the way they took interest in kids in the inner city young black kids who came over and hugged them that the press never covers. They're the, they're, the, they're the fathers that these kids don't have. You're nodding. Is that because you had that too?
1: Yeah, I, I saw how much the police cared for members of their community, knew people by name. Um, I just saw a lot of love. And I think that anyone who, before they judge police, they should go on a ride along because their mind might change.
0: That is a great idea. Before you judge the police, go on a ride along. Well, you are a delight. Morgan Goldman, look at where your life has taken you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome, but if you knew what a joy it is for me, you would know it was really as much in my (laughs) self-interest as in yours. Folks, call in. The subject is stepping out and declaring who you are. If you've done that, what has happened in your life? Did it turn happier? Less happy? Very incredibly important subject. 1-8 Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, back to Dallas and uh, Ray, right? So, Yes, sir. Okay, so you were you raised an issue. What was it again? I wanted to comment on it. Yeah, the the, the issue overall um, is um, when, <laughs> on, 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 on your topic of anything goes, right? Um, is when do you decide you're done, right? So I've caught myself recently saying I'm done, right? Whether it's in, a, in an airport or a restaurant or within a relationship of saying I'm, you know what, I'm done and. So, so I, w- I would appreciate hearing your thoughts on when are, when are you done? Well, it, uh, they're all different circumstances. So, in, Absolutely. In a de- yeah, in, in a debate, it's a great question. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you, if there is one generalizable answer, is when I in- internally conclude there's no hope. So oh, I, I, yeah. I I will I will debate somebody. First of all, I never debate privately. Uh, if someone mm. comes over to me and 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 says something absurd, I'll say, "Okay, have a great day." I, I don't I don't feel it's <laughs> worth the. In, I'm, I'm I'm not kidding because look, partially true. One true. reason is I get to speak to so many people. I mean, millions of people. Yeah. So, uh, I, feeling that I'm somewhat. Expending the same energy debating one as, as debating a million, I uh, I'd rather debate a million or or at least speak to a million. But uh, it, but even in, in any circumstance, you mentioned relationships. That's when when there is no hope. Uh, I will. Right. There are people I have had people who differ with me on for two segments, which in radio is is enormous, a whole segment. Mm-hmm because i thought not that i would there was hope that i could persuade them but there was hope that there could be a, a an honorable a intellect that's right there could be a dialogue but absolutely. there there are people that i let go very quickly because i realize that they're there to give a monologue they have uh, i absolutely. hear them but yeah. they don't hear me absolutely interesting so, by the way, the other point that you had made was that your father from World War II had a Nazi belt. This a souvenir, and yes, alongside sir. the swastika, it had "God, God is with us." Gott mit uns. Yes, that, yes, yes, sir. Yes. He, he, was, he, he was a European World War II man, concentric circles swastika oak leaves and the phrase "God is with us." Right. So let me let me. I'm going to comment on that, and. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm you, it was a pleasure to speak to you. So, it's one of the most important things I ever talk about. Belief in God means nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, if you believe in Zeus, or you believe in God, or you believe in, in climatology, it is, it is all the same. I want to know what God you believe in. To say you believe in God is... Is, is literally meaningless. He, he, uh, and this is what trips up a lot of people because atheists, understandably, will say, oh, you think God is necessary for morality? Well, the Nazis had on their belts, Gott mit uns, God is with us. So uh, what do you say to that? Well, I'll tell you what I say to it. I'd like to have asked the Nazis, So let me ask you, since you're using the word God, I mean, do you mean uh, a table? They would say, of course not. I mean God. Okay, so I'll ask you another question. Did this God give the Jews the Ten Commandments? Okay. And he would say no. So what God do you believe in? They... uh, you, what they believed in was the, a, a supreme being who may have made the world and who's on their side, who's obviously uh, an a-hole. That God is an a-hole. If you're, A God who's on the Nazi side is, is, uh, is divine scum. So wh- what does it mean that a Nazi uh, soldier believed in God? In the God who said, "Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal." <laughs> uh, what? What do they? What do you? If, that's the point. What God do you believe in? I've written about this, and it's really, really important. I'm glad he raised the subject. Okay. What God do you believe in? You see, uh, I'm a Jew, and I have such. A kindred spirit feeling with so many Christians because we we believe, yes, they believe in Jesus Christ, and I don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah or the Son of God. But that doesn't that doesn't affect me. We believe in the same Father. So so we 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 will have so much in common. They believe that God gave the, the uh, Ten Commandments to Moses, and so do I. I mean, th- there there are people. Every, everyone has people, Catholics and, and Protestants, you know, Catholics believe in that the Pope is the vicar of Christ on earth and Protestants don't. So, so therefore, do they not believe in the same God? They do believe in the same God. If, if, to use a musical analogy, the uh, Jews and Christians, Protestants and Catholics, uh, Mormons, are variations on a theme. Variations are on the theme of the Creator God, the God of the Ten Commandments, the God, if in fact, I guess, of the Old Testament. That people have additional beliefs does not negate the centrality of that. But the Nazi who, who believed that God was with him, did not believe in the God who gave Moses the Ten Commandments. To say the least, back in a moment. Public education has gone off the rails. Parents and teachers have had enough. Watch the groundbreaking new documentary, Whose Children Are They? Today on SalemNow.com. Go to SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, Commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com